Praise the Lord. God, we give you thanks. God, we give you thanks. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Hear what the word of God says in 1 Peter 2 and 9. It says, but you, yes you, you may not be fully cognizant of this truth, but it is, and it pertains to you. God is calling you into intimacy with himself. And so the word declared, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a nation holy, a people belonging to God. That's who you and I are called to be, people belonging to God. You are a chosen, a chosen people. And I love the inclusiveness of God. When it comes to promotion, you know how we are. The ego is puffed up. And as you know, the ego, the E-G-O, has that tendency of easing God out of his rightful place in your life and mine. But the Word of God did not single out an individual. God is being inclusive with who you are. Red, yellow, black and white, Chinese, Portuguese, whatever your nationality or ethnicity, you and I are chosen people of God. He declares we are His royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a people that belongs to Him that we may declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Sad but true, too many are still in darkness. And so to hear of a marvelous light, it baffles the mind of many. For as far as they know, they are still in the same place that they've always been. And men and women of God, The light has come, for unto us a child was born, a son was given. The light of the world is yet Yeshua. And you and I, we are now privileged to be a part of his kingdom. A kingdom that is in this world and it is yet out of this world. He has chosen us and has called us unto himself. That we would declare the praises of him who has called us. We are a people of liberty. God has given to us a liberty. And it goes beyond that which men would seek to promote. If you've been following the news closely over the last few years, you would note how liberty as a nation is being infringed upon. How it's being taken back here and there in bits and drips. There was a time when any one of us would have been free to get up and say what we feel apart from saying things that would uh, bring about uh, chaos. That's why we would not recommend, and it's wrong for anyone to shout out in a crowded place that there is a fire when there is not. But apart from those, uh, we were free to, to share, to speak. Not so any longer. But I'm here with good news. For the liberty that God has given to us differs from that of men. Let's hear what the Word of God says. Is in Isaiah 61 and 1, we're reminded that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, the people of God. The Spirit of God is upon you and me. And why you and I need to embrace this is because you have friends that only you can reach. You have loved ones that no preacher can reach. God wants you to be equipped. You who have been brought out of darkness. You who have been brought into the marvelous light. 
You who now show forth the praises of him who has called you out of sin and has brought you into the glorious light of his grace. Yes, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, saith the man of God. And the God who is of no respect of person has made the outpouring of his Holy Spirit for each of us. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor, to the afflicted. And Jesus was the embodiment and the fulfillment of this. It's a ministry that each and every one of us are now able to embrace. For he has sent me to bind up. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of God has given us the liberty. And you and I are free in God to be all that God has called us to be. And if God is for you, and you know that, then with the confidence you can declare who or what can be against me. I have no need to fear, for the Lord is by my side. My friends, there's one thing to know about him. It's a whole different matter knowing him. And he calls us to know him, to have relationship with him, to have intimacy with him. Everybody knows about him, but only a few know him intimately to the detriment of themselves. There's no man, there's no woman, there's no system, organization that can keep any of you from knowing him. To know him is to love him, and to love him is to pursue him, is to serve him. The word of the Lord for the people of God. You and I are keepers of God's word. We are keepers of the law. Thy word we hid in our heart that we will not sin against him. The word of the Lord from Joshua 1 and 8 says to us, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written within it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. You and I, God has entrusted to us his word, his word. And I love the fact, as you hear me often bragging of it, I love the fact that we can find our earpieces, our pod ear, and whatever other titles they give to these devices now. We can put it into our ear. We can jog and listen to the word. You can walk in the park and listen to the word. You can drive and listen to the word. You and I need to be women and men who are saturated with the Word of God. Every people group across the world embrace some form of religion. And sad but true, some are more dedicated to their form than others are. How about you and I? As I interact with my brothers and sisters from various faiths, I'm often challenged Challenged by the dedication and challenged by the commitment. A few weeks ago, I was challenged as I rubbed shoulders with and interacted with uh, the Muslim brothers and see how many of them had given themselves to Ramadan. And they fasted, yes, not only the men, but the women, some whom I work with. They fasted for the whole month of Ramadan. Yes, they ate a lot, possibly in the evening, but they fasted throughout the day. 
Every religious group of people sacrificially embrace and do that which ought to be uplifting to the faith they embrace. I challenge us as Christian men and women of God. Let us embrace the law. Let us run with the truth of God's word. Despite what others may feel or think. Despite what you may even feel. It's beyond our feelings. As adults, we have grown beyond giving in to feelings. We are walking as mature women and men. And we see that often, do we not? When the alarm goes off in the morning and it's time to get up and go to work. <laughs> you may not feel like moving out of that bed. But we instill that even in the children. You may try to shake them and wake them up. It's, it's a school morning. And they don't want to go to school. And what do we say as parents? Oh, it's a school day. You got to get up. We're not driven by our feelings. We ought not to live our lives just by the dictates of our feelings. It's the word of God for the people of God. Galatians 5 and 1 speaks to us. It is for freedom or liberty that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The King James Version would say, Therefore stand steadfast in that liberty and refuse to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. But it's for freedom that we have been made free. God has given us liberty so that we remain a liberated people in himself. And yet we see the restrictions that man would seek to put on us. My brothers and sisters, what restrictions have you placed on yourselves that are not of God? What is hindering you from running after him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength? The love that we yearn for on the inside is a love that only he can suffice. You see, my brothers and sisters, as you have all experienced, we indeed have been created for love. We have been created to receive love and to give it away. An intimacy that can only be fully met when we embrace him. And so if you want to experience the fullness of love, you need to experience that which comes from the Father. And if you and I want to be able to give love unconditionally, and not be infringed by the reactions of those who are to receive it. We need to be plugged into the Father. You see, when you and I are the conduit through which His love can flow, then it has very little to do with how they treat you or what they say to you. So many good relationships that could have stood are no longer because someone hurt the other. And love and the source of that love was infringed on. One had to cut and run. But when we, are, when we are plugged into God, His love continuously flow. And when your love is at its lowest, no need to worry. I am plugged into the source and as the husband, as the wife, as the boyfriend, as the girlfriend, the love of the Father is flowing through me and it's it is more than enough, even for you. My people of God, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
You and I know nothing until we have come to experience knowing. We speak about that epignosis, experiential knowledge of knowing the love of God. Until you know just how it feels to know that our God is really real, my friends, you know nothing. Until you've come to know experientially God and his love. It's for freedom that he has set you free. He wants you and I to remain free. Free to dance and free to love. And free to give and wear our love. We've been created for love. To receive it. And to give it away. From whence come wars then? Oftentimes it is as a result of the war that is taking place between the ear, the unwrestling within the mind. Wars begin on the inside before it's ever displayed on the outside. But when we are experiencing peace, like that river that comes from the Father, <laughs> oh, they can be fussing with us. But on the inside, there's a peace. Even within my family, in the family of origin, our own context, with your siblings or others, there are times when they can be fussing and you can just be all calm and cool and collective. Those times when we do fire back with words that are heated often are those times when in the midst of their fussing, in the midst of their murmuring, you and I were struggling with something on the inside. And then we hear the external of loved ones and what do we do? We respond to that in such a vicious manner. We lose our liberty. It is for freedom that God has set us free. And as we close, may I remind myself as I remind you that freedom is costly. It costs to be free. It does. We often take it for granted. But freedom in the natural costs something. Think about it. There's a myriad of examples. I would let you think of your own. The cost for freedom. For those that are privileged to live with loved ones, younger ones, older ones. For those that are privileged to drive and no longer have to depend on others to take you around. It costs. Cost you to have to put money together to get that car, didn't it? It costs. Freedom is costly. And as you finish going through the myriad of things in the natural, I'm here to remind you that is similar to that of the spiritual. This spiritual freedom that God has called us to and has blessed us with costs. Let's hear the word of God that is for the people of God. It's 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 that reminds us. It says you, you, you. Can you say I? Make it personal. I, yes, I. You. You were bought with a price, purchased, paid for. You were bought with a price. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your bodies. We are no longer slaves to sin. We have been redeemed. We have been bought with a price. And that price, as you're well aware of, is none other than the person Jesus Christ and the precious blood of his that was poured out. Christ had paid the ultimate price for your and my freedom. The word of God for the people of God. You were rescued from the useless way of life. 
that you learned from your ancestors. It was a useless way of life. But you know that you were not rescued by such things as silver and gold that don't last forever. You and I were rescued by the precious blood of Christ. That spotless and innocent lamb rescued us. My friends, we go forth today rejoicing in the fact that we have been made free. And if you under the sound of my voice are still in the bondage of sin, you can come just as you are. You see, the God who has created you, who knows you completely, He knows the very things that you would not dare share with another. And He's saying to you, I love you. And He's saying to me, why don't you trade that in for the love and for the peace that only I can give. The things that we wrestle with, things that we trust that would stay on the wraps. Listen, the only safe place for those things to remain is in God's care. You can't keep it on the wraps. I can't. Not for my life, not for yours. But we can surrender it to Him. Placing your life into the hands of the one who loves us. It's the Word of God. You must know, you must recognize that you were redeemed, you were ransomed from this useless, fruitless way of living inherited by traditions from our forefathers. We were not redeemed with the corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we, we were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah. And like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot, he was and is for you and for me. So we can not only experience this joy of being truly free, liberated, but we can share it. We can enjoy life, not only in this life, but life for all eternity. For the brevity of life is just that, it's brief. Had you told those young people and older ones alike who got in the elevator or possibly took the stairs and went up into their apartment that that was going to be their last night. As a matter of fact, it's not even going to be a full night rest. The building was going to come down, floors are going to collapse, and no longer there would be. My brothers and sisters, this for sure we all do know, and that is that we are on a journey in this life and we're moving towards a destination, and we're getting there pretty fast. Every opportunity that I'm given to share Christ as I am now, I take it to heart. I've learned as a young Christian this chorus that really drove me into evangelism. It says that my time on earth was long and I was young, and I see God's people dying, I want to help them. For if Jesus Christ comes tomorrow, I have just one more day. For when he come, he will give no warning. When it all begins to happen, the church will be raptured, it will be gone, ascended into heaven. And I would not have known that I had just one more day. I thought of that as a teen coming to Christ at the age of 12. What drove me into evangelism is the next stance in, that, in that, that song, if you would. 
It says, if you have no peace with Jesus, the Son of God, then the angels must be crying, his heart is broken. For if Jesus comes tomorrow, you have just one more day. That is today. One more day and time will be no longer. For when he comes, he gives no warning. When it all begins to happen, the church will be gone, ascended into heaven. And my friend, you would not have known that today was your one more day. It's the day of liberty. It's the day of celebration. It is for freedom that he has set us free. And I thank God for each one of you and the liberty that you can embrace. By the grace of God, next Sunday, we were not only gathered in his name, but I trust that each of you would be rested and ready for us to walk as women and men of God in this journey that God has called us to, to come around the table of the Lord, to partake of the body of Christ, the blood that was shed for us as we do so in remembrance of him. And I trust that it will be not just these wonderful faces that I see here, but it will be all of your faces, those of you that are within driving distance, so that we can come and celebrate around the table of the Lord on next Sunday. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. It is he who continuously makes his face to shine on you. It is the Lord our God who lifts his countenance upon you and who grants you his shalom. He grants you his peace. Would you bow your heart? Would you, would you give thanks to him? He who has privileged even you to embrace this another Sunday, the first day of another week, and the fourth day into this new month. What a privilege. As women and men of God. I want us to pray, saints. I want you to pray, my friends. Yes. Right now, would you converse with the Lord? Would you talk to him? Would you have a little talk with Jesus? Would you tell him all about your troubles, your cares? It is he who hears your faintest cry. It is he who answers by and by. Would you join us in having a little talk with Jesus? Let us pray. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed be your name, Father. Father, we're thankful that when we do have a talk with you, you hear us because you incline your ear to hear us, even the faintest cry. Lord, we thank you that even now our spirits are joined with you as we look to you, the God of our freedom, the God of our liberty. We thank you today for these words of life that let us know, Lord, who we are and whose we are. We are indeed, Lord, your chosen people. We are your royal priesthood. We are your holy nation, a people called out. We thank you today, Lord, for the cost that you paid. You purchased that liberty for us. We don't take it for granted, and we don't take it lightly. 
the cross that bore our spiritual freedom. Even as we go forward today, celebrating, we thank you today for eternal freedom. In Christ Jesus alone is it found. In no other way. We bless your name, Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Right where you are, you can lift your voice too and say amen. So let it be. I close by reminding you as I shared in the message today that you are part of a holy nation. My soul rejoices. You know why? Because Father's presence is here with us. Where you are and I am in his name, there he is. Hallelujah. God bless you. Be safe. Stay encouraged.